You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. That God may be all in all is the title of this devotion. That is a statement here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians is like Isaiah 53 or Romans chapter 8 and so forth. In other words, these chapters stand out in these books in what they show us about the glory of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Chapter 15, I think, has 58 verses, so it's a long chapter, but it is phenomenal. I mean, from beginning to end, I would encourage you, meditate, read just the beginning. It says, we, uh, he, was, he died according to Scripture, he was raised according to Scripture, and it talks about the foundations of faith and everything. It is so incredibly powerful, this 1 Corinthians 15. But he shows what is the conclusion, what is the object of all the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is it that he is looking for to obtain? To What is the end result? What is the vision? What is the purpose? What is it really all about? Right here in chapter 15, 1 Corinthians verse 28. Now, when all things are made subject to him, to Jesus, then the Son himself will also be subjected to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. The title of this devotion. That God may be all in all. You see, this is the work of God, that he is bringing everything into submission to Jesus Christ. He, the Father, uses all the glory and majesty of his Godhead to bring everything into Jesus because he has determined through Jesus to reconcile everything to himself so that he may be all in all. The Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament by the Holy Spirit, and was a phenomenal, phenomenal. I think 13 books we have of him in the New Testament. Out of the 39 books, 13 books were given to us uh, by the Apostle Paul. And it was 66 books in total in the Bible, written, given to us by 40 authors over a time span of about 2,000 years, bringing this phenomenal message to us. It's incredible, the Bible. And here, the Apostle Paul, he knew what was not only the object, but how to achieve it. You see, when you don't have this in life and ministry, then you can easily be drawn by the new fashion in spiritual teaching, by the new 
moves and ways and everything and, and you can run after it. And let's say you're a pastor and you have a small congregation and you see an, a minister with a large congregation, you go, oh, if I do what he does, I can have the size congregation he has. And you know, you're missing the mark if that's what envisions you. There's nothing wrong to be encouraged by, by seeing what God has done for another. But that is not the end result that we're looking for. It's not the great objective. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, and I'll give you my paraphrase. He says, the Heavenly Father is working with me, drawing everybody to Jesus Christ so that through Jesus they may receive a warm welcome in His presence. In other words, the Apostle understood what the Heavenly Father was looking to achieve through his life and ministry. He understood that it was the Heavenly Father who was pleased to see him born so that he might call him by his grace to reveal his Son in him so that he might preach him, he says in Galatians 1 verse 15 and 16. The Apostle Paul was razor sharp in his focus in that he knew what the Heavenly Father was doing through his son, and he was given the high privilege to work together with God in obtaining the vision of God. He understood this through and through and through. He stayed focused. The Heavenly Father revealed his son Jesus to him and called him by his grace so that he might bring Jesus to everybody so that through Jesus people may become accepted and were pleasing to God. He writes about this in Ephesians chapter 1, on and on. And he said to Agrippa in Acts chapter 26 and in Galatians 1 and other places, he said, I was not disobedient. In Acts 26, he talks to Agrippa. In Galatians 1, he's talking to the church of Galatia, but he keeps saying the same thing everywhere. He said, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I have kept the faith. I've stayed on target, he says to Timothy in his last letter in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, Timothy, this is right before his death. Timothy, listen, I want to encourage you. Stay focused. My journey has come to an end. My life is being poured out as a drink offering to God. And I'm ready because the Lord is standing ready with the crown of his righteousness and not for me only, but for all whose love is appearing. And I've kept the faith, Timothy. I've kept bringing the faith in Jesus to all that I meet everywhere. I've not shunned to declare the whole counsel of God to them, he says in Acts chapter 20. And I want to encourage you today. Let the Father refresh your vision. He says in, where is it, in Hosea or in Proverbs or one of those chapters, he says, my people perish for lack of vision, lack of redemptive revelation. Friends, keep your eyes, Hebrews 12, on the author and finisher of your faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It's about Jesus building his church, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. 
Jesus says, I will build my church. How does he build his church? He says it in that same verse there in Matthew 16, 18. The Father has revealed me to you upon this foundation, this rock, the Father bearing witness of his Son, I build my church. Jesus himself is yielded completely to the Father to reveal him to the people. It is the Father who reveals Christ to us so that we give ourselves over to Christ so that through Christ, He reconciles us to Himself. The Father will never stop revealing His Son to you. It is His eternal will and purpose that you may be reconciled to Him through His Son, even in heaven, in all of eternity. We are there because we are born by the spirit of sonship, the spirit of Jesus. He's the firstborn of creation. In Adam, we all die. In Christ, we all live. It says in Romans 6, oh, my dear friends, I so intercede with you that you may live in this incredible, wonderful place where God may become all in all of us. I'm gonna read to you here, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22. The heavenly Father, put all things under the feet of his son, Jesus Christ, whom he has appointed as the universal and supreme head of his church, a headship that is exercised throughout his church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with all of himself. Oh my goodness, friends. Believe this. Believe this. Chapter 4 of Ephesians. Look at it. Chapter 4 of Ephesians, starting at verse... Okay, let me just say this before I read it. It says that all we all have been given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift and that he has given some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It's called the fivefold ministry. That word fivefold is not in the Bible, but there's nothing wrong with that statement. It's like the word Trinity is not in the Bible, but it just simply means three in one. It's a, it's a good word to use, and there's nothing wrong with that word. And Jesus perfectly embodies the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, perfectly one in his body. Colossians 2 verse 9 and 10 talks about this. And so God gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And then it says in verse 13 this, right, of chapter 4 of Ephesians. So that the work of the ministry is so that we might develop until all of us attain a oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God so that we might arrive at a really mature manhood a completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, 
and the completeness found in him. My goodness, friends, come on. You, you, you got to, that, that verse I mentioned here in Colossians. Oh, I love these thoughts, how my heart loves them. Listen to this. In him, verse 9 of Colossians 2, the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. And you are in him made full, having come to fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. Now, the whole object of our loving Heavenly Father is that He may be all in all of us and that we're all perfectly united to Him in one spirit, the spirit of His Son, Jesus Christ. That we're all presented to the Father in the Son, acceptable and holy and well-pleasing in His sight. It is not possible to be holy and acceptable to God apart from Jesus Christ. It's not possible. There is no name given unto man by which we must be saved but the name of Jesus. For the Heavenly Father has decreed and declared that at the name of Jesus to the praise and the glory of the Father, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God that says in Philippians chapter 2. So dear friend, be focused, have a clear vision, have a clear excitement of what the Heavenly Father is accomplishing. Be a co-laborer with Him by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, that you by that revelation of Christ may bring everybody into fellowship with Jesus. For it says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, oh, one of those lovely verses that I meditate on, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And that you labor by the Father's enabling and empowering to bring everybody into the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, so that through them knowing Jesus and the supreme advantage of knowing Him is that they come into perfect fellowship with the Father. And it is Christ who brings us into fellowship with the Father, who perfects that fellowship and brings it into perfect completion in His presence where you may stand before the Father to the praise and the glory of Christ's accomplished work, singing, Worthy is the Lamb. Amen? Have a good day.